Hello, welcome back to Unknown and Talented. My name is Jalon Abrams. I have a special guest for you today. Her name is Marilyn West, coaching guru. She's gonna help you be able to start that coaching business. If you have been a coaching business and you're not doing a good job, she's gonna make sure to help you with that as well. Um, she also has a podcast, the Sustainable Coaching Podcast. She, she does it all. How are you doing today, Marilyn? All is well, I can't complain. How about yourself? Doing pretty well, doing pretty well. I'm happy to finally got get you on. I was on um what Apple, what is it called? Apple Podcast, just scrolling through different things and then your podcast popped up and I was like, okay, this is very interesting. Um so before before we get started and I ask all the questions, tell me more about you. What, what do you do? So I am a business coach to coaches and I help coaches start and scale their coaching business. I am a true believer of systems and simple marketing strategies and i love seo one thing i always tell coaches is while you building your demand and learning more about yourself it's so easy to build that marketing momentum that you want to look like that person of authority so i love that you said hey i was scrolling through apple and came across my actual podcast and that's what i want more coaches to understand Instead of fighting against the algorithm, you can build that authority with SEO. So when people come across your content, regardless if that's YouTube, a podcast, they see you as a person, which is a trusted source where they can go and consume content from. So that's what I do. And that's what I stand behind when it comes to starting and scaling a coaching business. Okay. So you said something about SEO. When I was younger, I was doing research. I'm a little more mature now with it, but when I was younger, every time I said SEO, just put a bunch of words in there and then somebody's gonna find it. Well, what is the, actually, what is SEO? So it's search engine optimization and it's something that we use all day long. We go to Google, we type in best Mexican restaurants near me, right? And you, all of a sudden you get this result page back, which is called a cert. And in that cert, it gives you all of these different places or location or whatever you may be looking at. And that's all SEO is. If people make it so complicated, I always say people think about SEO just like they think about the financial industry. People use big words and jargon and everyone thinks it's so complicated, but you have to think like you type, right? And when you think about SEO, yes, it's a bunch of words, keywords like we call it, but it's still to humanize it, it's still the things that we say every day. And that's what you want. You want your business or whatever you will do to be found on these platforms. That's the number one reason why everyone loves TikTok right now, because they're more focused on SEO, which is the user experience. If they can keep people tied to the app longer, they know they're going to have a better experience seeing the things they want to see. So therefore, they have infused SEO into a lot of these social media platforms. Um, last week, the creative of Instagram just said that they just implemented keywords and SEO over onto threads. So they're trying to get in line with Google and TikTok because it's, it's the way of the future. If you want to be found discoverable, you got to make sure that you're optimizing, meaning just using those keywords what you want to be found upon and that's what i teach coaches okay and are you a fan of keyword stuffing kind of a lot of people will put let's say how to let's say how to be a coach they're gonna put how to put a coach seven times in that are you a fan of that i'm not i'm not and the reason why is because 
it's called when you start keyword st stuffing a lot of times the crawlers can pick it up and it may be great to a computer or a bot but when a human come across it and read it if it doesn't make sense and doesn't read well and the human leaves right away that lets them know, hey, I'm not having a good experience. And I know I probably just said some things. You probably like, whoa, what? So what do you really mean? So for instance, like Google, if you put a bunch of keywords all into your content, people come onto your page, they start reading it. It doesn't make sense to them. They don't go to a second or third page, or they're only there for about five or ten seconds. Google picks all of that up. So therefore, it's going to be harder for you to rank. Put it in the perspective of social media. Right about now, everyone is keyword stuffing on social media, particularly Instagram right now, right? Because they know hashtag is outdated and they're going behind keywords. So if I come onto your platform and I'm searching how to start a coaching biz and I get onto your actual account and I see it's not relevant to what I'm looking at, I'm not going to stay on the reels longer. And now you can tell that Instagram is really leaning into bounce rates and if people are actually interested in an account because they have initial play, how many replays, all of those things matter because it's the user experience. If it's something that I'm really interested in and I love it, I'm going to watch it again, soak it in. But if you're not getting high replays, Instagram going to stop pushing it because they know it's not what the user wants. So does that make sense? No, no, it definitely makes sense. But but where did you where did you learn all this from? Because that's a, that's a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm a little, you know, tech geek. <laughs> um, okay. So it kind of started because I started off with a photography business. And I always move as a military family every two to three years. And I always had a curiosity, like, how are some people ranking on the first page of Google? You know, and one thing that I was really big on when I moved to different locations, I didn't, I wasn't going to change my prices. Like just because I'm new to an area, I'm not going to take away the experience, the equipment and all of these things. So I always want it to be on the first page. So when they see that my business is there, they don't come to me like, oh, this is the new person in town. It's just that I was looking for a photographer at in this moment. And this is who I found. So um, that's how it all started. And when I ranked with my photography page and I turned around and I did it with my coaching page. I was like, oh, I'm on to something. And literally, that's how it all started for me. Okay, so what made you pivot from photography into coaching? Because I got a camera now. I'm not into taking pictures, but what made you want to leave that, leave that field? Burnout. Mm -hmm. Burnout. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. When I was, wasn't a full-time coach and I was still working my career, my nine to five, I was taking on so many photography clients and photography been a part of my life like since I was a little girl. Like I always enjoyed having a camera in my hand and taking photos. Um, but I remember getting off work, going to AAU games um, and photographing the teams that you're talking anywhere from 50 to 75 to 100 kids a night, three days in a row. Like that's a lot. And I think I got burned out. I should have never turned it into a business because it's something that I love and I should have just kept it as my hobby. But I'm getting back into picking my camera up now 
because of content, you know, and that was one reason why, like, when we connected, I was like, oh my God, I love your video content. Video is taking over. I love really good editing, grading, and uh, I, I've been getting back into it lately, so. <laughs> oh, listen, when you start doing that, it's gonna, it's gonna take over, because Instagram is, like, now going towards, like, color grading and looking like movies now, and I'm just like, it's hard to keep up, because I got my camera spent like $500 on it. Now I'm looking at what it's like 2000. I'm just like, it's getting expensive now. It's addictive. <laughs> it's very addictive. So I just want to let you know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm taking my time. I'm taking my time. I'm not rushing it because I'll see the price of the lens, the price of the camera. I'm not in a rush. Um, so what made, when you said burnout made you go into coaching, well, what made you decide coaching? So with my actual career, I was an HR professional for 20 years. Um, and taking that experience, once I decided to become a full-time coach, I wanted to stay in the HR realm and not give up on all the systems and tech things that I have learned over the years. So I was like, mm, what can I do? So I was like, maybe business coaching because I got my MBA and I thought about what is the need and the demand, right? going back to my photography experience. And I was like, I don't see a lot of people talking about SEO in the entrepreneur space. Photographers get it. I can tell you that photographers get it. They understand the need. Uh, but I don't just think like overall, when people are starting their business, they don't think about it. So I thought about the need. I thought about how I could help people. And when I started to take what I was doing and say, you know what, I just want to work with coaches because I knew how Google Play, Pinterest Play, and it was just simply just all came together. And that's how I got into coaching um, because I've seen so many coaches failed. I decided to come become a full-time coach at the end of 2021 and that was sort of like almost at the downslope of COVID. And I've seen so many business got quick success. But because of COVID, they didn't understand what it was like if people wasn't sitting at home scrolling because they were stuck in the house of how to get clients. And as I decided to niche down and get clear on who I wanted to work with, then I was like, bam, I'm in there like. It's easy to get clients when everyone is sitting at home scrolling on their phone because there's lockdown. But what are they going to do when people are now back outside? How are they going to connect to that ideal client where you are in an industry where you see a dozen of coaches come in on the scene every day? Mm, that's a great point because people were I didn't even realize that why they had so many like COVID businesses going because they were home. So now without SEO. They're done. Wow. Okay. So, so what made what made you say that you saw the businesses failing? But what made you say you're going to be going to SEO and do it? Because, because like you were a photographer, you were into business. But what made you just say, hey, I'm going to help these companies with SEO? It's when I started helping entrepreneurs. So I didn't start off with coaches. Like if you go to my Instagram, you'll see I was just working with any entrepreneur, right? Um, so it kind of like I got the clarity as I did the work. So I knew SEO and then the first two clients that I worked with that was coaches and I realized within 90 days, I had them ranking on Google, right? So as I started to help people, I'm like, man, this is so easy. 
And then because I understood like keywords and how it all go into play, as I started doing the work more, I started realizing like, man, I think I just want to work with coaches because I had like a realtor, um, a truck driver reached out to me for like small business coaching. And I was like, uh, like it would take me so long to learn their industry. But coaching was already something that we, I was doing, like, even as a photographer, people was asking me, how are you running a business? How are you moving every two to three years? Um, I was used to get together, you know, my lunchtime, bring people together, talk about content creation. So it was kind of like already inside of me. Like I was just doing it like the business coaching aspect, but I had to think about like, how do I stand out as a business coach? And that's where I just land my plane with SEO because there are a dime a dozen business coaches out there. But how do you really find the one that's a perfect fit for you? And this is something that I will always ask people when they're thinking about hiring a business coach. Because if you want to move fast, I'm not the business coach for you, right? You got people who want to make six figures in 60 days. So they want to go with the people that make run ads. But you better have a budget for those ads. And also, you better have a messaging that you have already mastered knowing that it's going to work. Or you can work with a business coach who does grant funding, right? Someone yesterday reached out to me on Google. I love, love Google. Um, they want to start, they want to open up a jewelry business. I was like, hey, I'm not the business coach for you. I, that's not my expertise. So it's all about understanding like the type of business coach you know that you need and working with those business coaches. So I decided to land with SEO and it's been absolutely amazing because the people who are trying to be thought leaders and who get it, they understand the impact of the long-term success that can come with it where they will constantly be bringing in new leads. But like I say, it's not like ads where you can run an ad for two to four days and you already connected with visibility with 600 people. SEO doesn't work like that. This is genius. This is genius. Every time I scroll on Instagram, you want to learn how to do this. You want to learn how to do that. So you're the coaches for all those people. Yes. That's a, that's a genius. That's because I was listening to your most interview podcast. Wow. That's weird. I was listening to your most recent podcast and you were talking about like organic reach of finding people finding you organically. So, so speak, speak more on that. Cause you talked about it a little bit, but speak more about organic versus um, paid ads. So, you know, a lot of times people get those two mixed up. They, when they think about funnels, they only think about paid advertisement, right? And when you think about organic, people think about the limitations, but this is why I say SEO if you understand how to implement it on Google, you'll understand how to implement it on Apple. You'll understand how to implement it on Instagram now, right? Organic reach right now, when I go to my Instagram, I'm up to like 204,000 people within the last 30 days, right? That's Instagram alone. Now, when I go over to my Google and I look at my analytics right about now because I switched my website from Squarespace over to show it. I'm approaching a thousand to two thousand people coming to me a month from Google alone. So when you hear those numbers, you're like, oh my goodness, that's a lot of people. And then you think taking the fact that like my podcast and all this other stuff, and I'm not running any ads. So a lot of times when people hear organic marketing, 
they don't understand that it may be slow with the buildup, but it lasts forever, right? Now, Instagram is a little different. It's not going to last forever on Instagram. You got to constantly be putting out content to make sure you get that reach so they can keep, you know, recommending your content. With Google, I don't have to do anything. Like Apple, I don't have to do anything. I haven't put out a new podcast episode like for the past two weeks. But guess what? I'm getting so much traffic and people still connecting to me. So I think about the long term success of organic because I know with Apple and Google, it's going to live longer than social media. But that's real time. And one thing we have to keep in mind when it comes to marketing, marketing is just visibility. I don't care if it's organic or paid. It's just visibility. And I always ask coaches, which one means the most to you? No, like a trust. And everybody will say trust. And I say, and that's why most coaching business fail. You're trying to build trust. Trust is built over time. And as a coach, you won't, you would not, you can't determine if someone trusts you until they start investing and buying everything that you launch because they know that you're going to deliver on every offer. But if you're not concerned about no, meaning keeping that brand awareness, your business is going to be like everyone else. Uh, it's an expensive deep. hobby. That was deep. Okay. Don't like trust. Because I, I was thinking trust in my head. He was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Just <laughs> that, think that, about this. How many coaches have you probably worked with that you were invested in and you probably won't go back and work mm. with them again or buy a product? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot a lot of people you, you just knew spend them. money on. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You thought they was Yeah, okay, that, that's that's a good point. Okay, so so how did how did these meetings go? So you said your funnel. So somebody knows who you are, they found you on Google, they reached out to you. Let's say they were somebody that were was your target audience. How how, how does then the next stage go? So the first thing that I all when they reach out to me, um, I don't try and sell to people right away because I think last year, well, this year I can say made me realize there are two group of people that I want to work with. And some of these people are experienced and some of them are not. They're first time entrepreneurs. Some of them get it and some of them don't. And when it comes to challenges, it's hard putting yourself out there as a coach saying, hey, I can help someone and being able to separate objections and questions, not in feeling in a way that someone is questioning, do you know what you're doing or not? Right. So when someone reach out to me, I always continue on with open ended questions. As a coach, I always tell people you have to get good with open ended questions. It's not about how quickly I can make this sell is understanding your program, knowing yourself and learning who this person is that you're about to take inside of your program. So open-ended question is me giving that person the opportunity to be seen and heard so I know exactly if they are a good fit to come into my program. Mm, I like that. So I, I like have that. conversations. Yeah. So if you ever heard me speak, I teach the three C's, which is connect, communicate, and then convert. So I'm building that connection when I connect with people on social media, Google, my podcast. And then after that, I want to have a conversation with you. 
you know, and it can simply be voice notes in the DMs. It can be getting on a consultation, but I really want to have a conversation to see if you're a good fit. Uh, one thing that I started doing recently is doing open house and I'm loving it because people can come ask real time questions and I don't have to have all of these consultations at one time. I can have open house. People can ask me questions to see if they're a good fit and I can move on from there. But I'm a big communicator. So to explain more of that open house, when I think of open house, I think of going into a house that I'm about to buy. <laughs> what is open house? So it's just simply just people come into, a, the, come into my live or a Zoom and they're asking questions about the program and I'm telling them the breakdown of how everything is organized, how what they're going to be learning in module one. And I'm just going over by the end of the program. These are the things that you can expect from me and also expect to learn. So it's simply just like an open house. You know, if you ever went to school and they had an open house and you come and meet the teacher and you see what the classrooms is going to be all about. That's it. I'm just bringing it into the entrepreneur space. Also, it's similar to like when people do like the free webinars, where they like give all this information or not really. So webinars, I think people are tired of webinars. I okay, <laughs> like people I know they're going to be sold to, and I think that's something that moving into twenty twenty four. I was just telling um, my mastermind this morning. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be selling a lot in my feed on Instagram. Moving into twenty twenty four, people are tired of being sold to. And I think the expectations now why people are so frowned upon webinars because they know 20 minutes of learning, 40 minutes of <laughs> selling at the end. So people start logging off. Um, if you start thinking about it, like how effective is webinars right now? They're not. They're not that effective because it's been overdone. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, I had a question and it moved for me. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're a coach for coaches, right? What's the important, so it's a two part question. What's the, why is it important for someone to have a coach and why is it important for a coach to have a coach? Ooh, I like that. Um, I think it's important for everyone to have a coach because when you're closer to the problem, you can't see it as a whole. A lot of times when I'm talking to prospects or potential clients, I know right away what they need. When I take a look at their websites, when I start looking at their social media, I can dissect it and say, hey, you know, either it's a content creation problem, marketing problem, or sales problem. And believe it or not, a lot of coaches struggle with selling. If you listen to my podcast, that's why I say, are you ready to leverage your monetizer? Well, are you ready to monetize your expertise? And the reason why I'm saying that, because so many people, they come into the coaching space and they're happy they can solve a problem for someone, but they really not comfortable selling. Right. So I think it's important to have a coach to help challenge you and also give you those little things that you need to put in your toolkit to help you when it comes to thinking about the big picture. Why are you starting this business or if it's professional development? And you have to be honest with yourself and say, you know, I've been trying this thing for a period of time on my own and I still haven't gotten any type of success. I need someone to tell me exactly what I need to do to help me 
get out of this situation. And sometimes when you're closer to the problem, you can't see it as a whole. So that's why I say you always have to invest in yourself. And another thing I always say, it's a huge gap between action, taking action and awareness, right? I'll use myself, for example, approaching my birthday, I was like, man, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to lose 10 pounds, right? I hired the coach to help me, but I didn't take any action until I had the accountability. Sometimes you don't you can say what you want to do, but if you don't have that motivation or that drive to push yourself or discipline, who's going to keep you accountable to your goals? So that's why I think it's so important to hire a coach to help you to see the bigger picture, challenge you to give you those things that you can really take you to like the next level. Um, I'm a big advocate for having a coach. I think every coach should have a coach. You know, I sit here and I think about the coaches that I have hired from every year of me being an entrepreneur, even as a photographer, going to different seminars and things like that. I always invested in myself because I know I don't know everything. But a lot of times people want to invest in themselves because they're like, I can go Google it. Listen, you can't find everything on Google. If it was that easy, you know what I'm saying? Everybody would have that secret to success. But it's so much that comes with hiring a coach. You got that community. Um, For instance, like for me, when I came onto social media, maybe about a year and a half ago, I hired uh, Janelle B. Stewart. She was a social media content coach. And being in that community helped me so much because I was off social media, Instagram for a period of time. So being able to create content and just be like, hey, coach, you know, I have a question about, you know, how are people using their stories and stuff like that? It kind of took a lot of stress away from me thinking what right looked like. So I'm a big advocate for coaches having coaches, but just know what you need. Don't be out here just hiring a coach just to have a coach. Know what exactly you need when it comes to what are you trying to develop? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you made a good point there about community. So you being as a coach and having so many people under you, when you're coaching coaches, basically, have you ever thought about like building a community with them? Oh, yeah. I have a community on Circle. So, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I don't do Facebook uh, communities. I have a community on Circle. So that's where my community is hosted. And actually, we meet on Wednesday. This will be our last meeting for 2023 going into 2024. Okay, cool. And how has having that community helped you out? Because I had someone on, online where he has a community. He's helping everybody else. But people in the community end up coming back and helping him as well. Yes. So I can tell you my last, and I, I, I'll always talk about her because, you know, it's just some students that just the standout. Um one of my students, I would say, that helped me the most this year is Dr. Dell. She is an emotional intelligent coach, right? And even though she was coming to me for the business side of starting her business, it's so much that I learned from her as having her PhD in emotional intelligence. So even though I'm in a coach mode, In my community, I'm forever a student, right? I'm forever a student because there's so much that you can learn. If you just walk around thinking that you know everything, then you're missing opportunities 
to continue to stretch yourself in who you can even become even more of. And I will tell you about having my community and not just have it so strict and relaxed where people can come in and be themselves and talk about what they do and how they help people because I'm in a community with a bunch of coaches, right? So when I talk about my community, you know, I have like Dr. Dell, who's emotional intelligent. I have one particular um, coach. She's absolutely amazing when it comes to faceless YouTube channels, right? And that's what she's teaching others how to do. I have one that's really good with um, social media agencies. Like, so when I think about myself in these communities, they're opening my eyes to like things that I never even thought of or heard of, especially to know how much money is being made in these faceless YouTubes. I was like, what? Faceless YouTube? Like, you mean <laughs> you have a faceless YouTube channel? So, you know, I think it's absolutely amazing. I think for every coach out there who don't have a community, they should consider starting one. One thing that I've seen a big trend in 2021 where people started to hire community managers, like removing themselves from the communities and, you know, I understand why they were doing it because you can burn out, but it's just something about just me being in it. Like I want to be in it in my community, regardless if I have someone posting questions and keeping conversations going, uh, I, I have to be in it. I, that's the part that I love the most. Wow, that's, that's, that's cool. I'm so happy I got you on because this is very, this is very cool to hear. Um, so, so question, um, next question. So it's kind of off from what we were talking about. But you have all this community with Google, with um, build it, no, building it from Google and Instagram. What made you go ahead and start a podcast? Oh, so, you know, it's always a teacher moment. Um, so one thing that we're starting to see in the coaching industry, the buyer's journey is taking forever. And when I say forever, people are not home scrolling on Instagram and on these social media. So they're not constantly seeing you and consuming you because that no like a trust once it's established, people be ready to invest, right? So when I noticed that when people was coming into my email sequence, that it was taking them about six months, 12 months to convert, I had to ask myself, how can I shorten the buyer's journey by putting content out there where people can bend and also with the SEO perspective where I know it's going to bring me leads forever. And I love talking. So I was like, you know what? Let me go to podcasting route. So that kind of pushed me to go to podcasting route. Um, I'm, a, I'm a part of Toastmasters. I started being a part of Toastmasters um, since 2015. And it was always my dream to finish my nine to five, my career, be a full time coach and have these speaking engagements all over the world. Well, at the end of 2020, I also got into a car accident and had a TBI. And that kind of slowed down a lot of the things that I wanted to do. So believe it or not, to get my memory back after incognito training and all these different things, I got back on the platform Clubhouse, which a lot of people still wasn't leveraging, right? And I continue to work on my speaking skills, but not only that, my memory. So I can have a conversation like we're having right now, because I'm telling you, like two years ago, I wouldn't be able to remember nothing you sit here and said to me, right? 
So moving into the podcast route, I've seen that as a challenge to continue to push myself into who I am becoming and where I want to go, which is speaking all over the world. And I know that the podcast was going to open up a lot of opportunities for me. Mm, I love it. I love it. So what was that day you decided to press record? Because everybody thinks about stuff for years in advance. Well, when did you actually press that record button? So it's so funny. With my podcast, I pushed it off for like a year. And it, my friend and I, we kept saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So at the end of 2022, November, I was like, I'm going to do it. So that's when I went out there. I started, you know, purchasing the music and all of this stuff, like just, you know, setting everything up. And in December, I went out there and it's, it's God is so good. I'm going to just tell you about God is so good because I went out there and I was like, I'm going to set everything up. I'm going to submit everything to Apple. And I started doing this in December. Oh my God. I'm getting tearful just thinking about this because I knew it was nothing but God because in December, I was like, I'm just going to go ahead, set everything up. And then in January, I'm going to launch this podcast. Literally, I'm sitting in my office. And I submitted everything to Apple and I submitted everything to Spotify and a couple of other places. And I was just sitting here at my phone, sitting here at my desk. And I looked at my phone 15 minutes later and Apple was like, it's been approved. Mind you, people say it takes two weeks, two months, three months. Like they, it took forever. And I was like, my podcast is out there. I haven't even finished recording everything. So, you know, the SEO side of me, like, start freaking out because I already knew if I didn't have no content out there and, you know, people can't see the content, it's going to hurt me in the long run. So I was like, well, I guess I need to start recording. So the first couple of episodes was horrible. I did not know how to mix it. Like, I would start recording and you could hear me piecing uh just speaking words in to finish out a thought it was horrible like the first 10 episodes are horrible but i'm gonna keep them there i'm not gonna remove them because it's a part of the journey but you know it's so funny when apple sent me that message and was like approve i was like i'm a podcaster now <laughs> i'm a podcaster now <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing so what have you learned in this year journey because i'm gonna hit my year in March. And I, I've learned so much being able to interview people, different questions. But what, what have you learned? The biggest lesson for me is not trying to be perfect and don't try and stick to a timeline. Like I think for when people start a podcast, they think it's rules. It's no rules. It's no rules to podcasting. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, just do it. It's just like a social media account. And I think that's the fear that a lot of, I think that's something that a lot of people don't know. If you don't like a podcast episode, take it down, remove it, delete it. <laughs> yeah. That's all you have to do. So to me, I always tell people no rules. Just, just do it. My biggest lesson learned is just telling myself I can have a two minute podcast. I can have an eight minute podcast. I have a 20 minute podcast. I don't want a 20 minute podcast because I'm still editing. <laughs> <laughs> and I enjoy editing my podcast. I can tell you that.
That's good. That's good. And what do you, I, I need some tips. Cause I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm a year in March. You've been doing it longer than me. Um, when you start your episode, are you doing starting with the SEO or are you just recording and then doing the SEO after? Recording and doing the SEO after. Um, it's so crazy. Like AI has really propelled podcasting forward. When I started my podcast, I would record and then I would sit there and write the show notes and keywords and have a title in mind. Now, because of AI, I use Descript and I literally can ask Descript to write my show notes and come up with my title and everything in a click. Like, so to me right now, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, this is the best time because of AI. I went from a full day of trying to get a podcast episode together to literally like an hour, an hour, one hour or two, and I'm done. Record 10 minutes, edit, bam, show notes, take it, upload it. I'm done. And you compare that to content creation? Ooh, I'm right there. Let me, let me write that down real quick. One moment. What do you say? Copy and paste your show notes into <laughs> AI and tell it to give you a title and then work on SEO. Like that's what literally you have to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. Um, you gave me a lot. I'm trying to check my notes. What else we got? What else we got? What else we got? Oh, okay. So this is the, this is the last thing. So you talked about um, discipline, like having somebody to help you with working out. How, how, what do you use to stay disciplined in your business? Because now you've, you know, Lauren, we're going to nine to five, right? Yeah, so, so what do you do to stay disciplined? Because it's so easy. If I, if I work for myself, I'll probably be chilling all day. <laughs> but, but what do you do to stay disciplined? Discipline for me is having KPIs in my business, which is key performance indicators. So there are things that I know that I have to do every day. And I don't put no more than about three tasks on my to-do list because I don't want to overwhelm myself. And I also don't want to be working like a crazy person all day because there's other projects I want to do. So I give myself that opportunity to have free space. So when it comes to discipline, I literally stand behind KPIs, which is key performance indicators, telling me what I need to do, because regardless if I'm motivated or not, in order for me to keep that brand awareness and that visibility and to continue to nurture my audience, I know I have to complete these tasks. What does those tasks look like? Sending out an email, making sure my social media post went out, making sure my podcast episode published. Those little things that I have put in place to make sure that I continue to nurture and sell my services. So discipline for me is easy because of my military background, but I just don't want to have discipline and it doesn't make sense. So I make sure that I build out, I'm a big 12 week year, right? I build out exactly what I want to accomplish for the year. For me, that was 7,500 to 10,000 downloads on my podcast. What did I need it to do? I knew I need to bring a lot of awareness to get people to know about my podcast. But not only that, I needed to record X amount of podcast episodes and 
I market them so I can get at least 200 loyal listeners. That was my goal, right? And then I backed that up into the 12-week year and like, what are my day-to-day actions that I need to do? So when I say everything to me is built around discipline in my business, I start with the 12-week year, right? Thinking about what I want to accomplish within the 12 weeks, but knowing what my overall yearly goal is. And then I break those down into day-to-day tasks and knowing that, hey, I have to accomplish these things no matter what. So I'm very strategic. <laughs> you shake no, your I love head. It. No, because I'm saying I love it. I'm so happy. It was definitely worth the wait. I contacted you, what, August or something like that? I, I don't remember, but it was worth the wait. I love it. I love it. Everything you said today was perfect. All right. But um, we are getting to the end of it. Do you happen to have any motivation uh random talkings i don't know something to end it what you got i would just say trust the process right a lot of times and i use that over and over trust the process and your process may look different from my process because i know the type of person that i am when it comes to me being disciplined and my consistency i have this thing where i always used to say i can outwork anyone right But now moving into a process where I don't want to be that person who is constantly working. And it took me a long time to get here, but I'm trying to enjoy every step of my journey. So trust your process and don't compare your times now to someone else because you don't know how much time they have under their belt and the experiences that they have as well. So I always tell people, trust your process. And long as you have your actual goals written down, it'll be easier for you to stay committed to the things that you know you need to do, knowing that consistency and discipline, eventually something is going to start to move in your favor. And it may not look the way that you want it to look, but eventually you will see that it was worth the wait. I love it. I wish I could clap, but that's going to mess up my editing, but I love it. I love it. Um, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, make sure to shout out all your Instagram, your podcasts, and websites that you have. Yeah, so if you want to connect with me, you can connect with me over on Instagram. It is I am Marilyn West. My podcast is sustainablecoaching.com. And if you definitely want to start your coaching journey, just DM me the word start, and I will send you a free download so you can definitely start attracting and connecting to the people that you want to serve. Perfect. Thank you very much. Again, my name is Jalon Abrams, Marilyn West, Unknown Untalented. We'll see you next week.